a time for prayer and a time for action. As dealing with still the seasons changing in time. Luke, excuse me, I'm sorry, John 17 chapter, we find Jesus taking the time to pray. In our lives, some of us get so busy that we forget to pray. But in, in essence, we should be so busy, we need to pray. It should be a staple that no matter what I am going through, I have time to pray. I need to make time for some intercession. I need to make some time for some confession. I need to make, take some time to worship him. Make sure that I don't get caught up in my everyday activities and forget who gave me this day. For every day the Lord has made, so every day he's worthy to be praised. It's not, it's not just on Sunday. This is the day the Lord has made. Didn't he, did he not make Saturday? Did he not make Friday? Did he not make Thursday? Talk to me, if you will. So isn't every day a day the Lord should be made? Uh, isn't every day a day that we should give him all that he deserves? So every day we ought to make time for prayer. We've seen here in our lives that we want to make time for everything else. Uh, we have so much electronic gadgets now that you can put your calendar on here. You can electronically put your calendar here. Now they're selling cars with that sync technology so you can sync all your information on your, on your car. So when you're in your car, they can tell you, you have an appointment at this time. Uh, make a left turn here so you won't be late. Here's a quicker route to get here. We make sure we have schedules and time to make sure we have airplanes. We arrive, the taxis, the buses, but do we make sure that I have an appointment and a time to meet with God. Do you rush home from work and say, I got to spend time with God before I do anything else? Or do you wake up in the morning and say, I got to spend time with God before I start my day? Or do you wait till your lunch break and say, I got to spend time with God before I do anything else for the rest of the day? Do you make a point to spend time with him? Because what we're about to see that Jesus makes a point to spend time with his father. Jesus makes it a point to spend time with his disciples. We see in, 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 in John, if you look back into the 13th chapter of, of John, you see where Jesus washes his disciples' feet. What's happening here is that Jesus is about to have the Last Supper, and he's making time to serve. He's saying that I'm about to die, but look, you call me master, but I'm washing your feet. Then he takes the time to share some even more information with them. He, he tells them how he's about to go, and, and then Peter says, I'm not going to deny him. He says, yes, Peter, you're going to deny me. Even that, someone else is going to betray me. And they all vow that it won't be them, but Jesus already knows it's Judas. Then Judas leaves. He's out the scene because Judas goes to do what he's about to do. But Jesus then, in the meantime, continues to teach them. And talks to them and tells them how he's the true vine. And tells them how that the power, the advocate, the paraclete, the helper, the Holy Spirit is going to come with power and authority to teach you. Jesus is teaching them all these things. Then, after he gets done teaching these things, he says, you know what? Let us leave the upper room. We're going to go and take a walk. 
We're going to go over to another place. But while I'm going there, I'm going to teach you some more. And it says after he started teaching them things, well, we're going to pick up in the 17 chapters. After he teaches them things, then he starts to pray. He prays in their presence. He says in uh, reading from the New Living Translation, I'm going to pick up at the 13th. I'm sorry, start the first verse and go down to the 13th verse. The first verse says, after saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. Look at verse 2. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. I'm going to jump down to verse 13. Jesus was praying for himself. And then come to verse 9. He, he's, he's praying again. Uh, verse 9, he's, he's praying even more for the world. And that's where we're going to pick up. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me. Because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you. And you have given them to me so you, they bring me glory. Verse 11, now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you, Holy Father. You see that there? Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that no one was lost except the one-headed for destruction or the road of perdition as the scriptures foretold now i am coming to you i told them many things while i saw them in this while i, saw, while, while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy i have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as i do not belong to the world I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. Time for prayer. Time for action. Jesus is here. We, in the New Living Translation, says he is making himself holy. In other translations, you see that he is sanctifying himself. And what we're seeing here is that Jesus is taking a time for prayer because it's time for action. Tell somebody, it's time for some action. See, Jesus is praying because he's about to take some action. A lot of us pray and we don't take action. Oh, I'm praying for you. Hope you get better soon, but I'm not going to call to see how you're doing. I'm not going to send a get well card. I'm just going to tell you I'm praying for you, but I'm not going to want to check on you. That's like my mom says, son, do well at school, but she's not going to buy me some school books. But you do well, son. That, that's oftentimes what we do. We'll tell somebody what we, th- in theory, what feels good, what looks good. But Jesus says, I am praying now because the time has come. The hour has come. And now look, we, we started in the 13th chapter, and now we're in the 17th chapter. Look, three, we have four chapters here dealing with just a few hours. 
Do you think this time is important? He's having the last supper. And then he takes the time to teach his disciples. He takes the time to pray in front of them because he knows the hour has come. He's about to be gone and he wants them to really grab what it means to follow me. Jesus points out some things that first and foremost, you need to be out of this world. Tell somebody to be out of this world. Be out of this world. Jesus says we are in this world, but we're not of this world. I am not from here. I am an alien. I do not belong to it. I am out of this world. This world is going to be destroyed. This world is not my home. This world is not what I should be clinging and holding on to. But I should be holding on to his word. Talk to me if you please. Jesus says, I've given them your word. I've given them your word. And then he says, your word sanctifies them. Your word is true. Aren't you glad God's word is true? See, this world hates us because we love his word. And the world hates us because the world hated him. Jesus talks about that previously, saying, they hate me. And since they hate me, guess what? They're going to hate you. There was a popular song out that, that went out that said, you can hate me now. Well, you can hate me now. Because I love Jesus. You want to persecute me because I love my Savior? Fine, talk about me. I, I, I know many of you may go to your workplace and you're scared maybe oftentimes to speak of Jesus because you don't want somebody talking about you. But you ought to go with the attitude, you can hate me now. Because I have to talk about Jesus. I have to talk about whom died on the cross for me. I got to talk about the one who sent me out with power and authority. The one that told me not to be of this world, but to be in it, but be of him. Talk to me, if you please. Aren't you glad that God has sent Jesus to set the example? Aren't you glad that Jesus says you are in this world but not of this world? And when you look at that preposition to be of, to come from, I'm glad that I am not from this world. But in order for me not to be from this world, I had to be changed. My mother, my father, they could not change me. As many times my dad might have whooped me with that belt, it still did not change me. It might have corrected me for a little while, but it only changed that belt because you probably had to get a new one. You would have worn that one now. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, huh, through the regeneration of the blood of Jesus, I know I've been changed. I'm so glad that only Jesus can change us. Jesus can transform us. Jesus can make us no longer of this world but of him. Do you need some assistance? Go back to the third chapter of John. He's talking to an old man named Nick. Nicodemus telling him he must be born again. This old man has some sense. He has some sense. He said, well, in order for me to be born again, I got to go back in my mother's womb. But Jesus had to make it clear. I'm not telling you of this world being born again, but being born of the Spirit. See, when we see the difference in the transformation, no longer do we see how can I be accepted in this world and become normal in society. Think about normalcy. Think about what makes things normal in society. Things that become norms are things that become rewarded within our society. We reward those who are rich and famous. We reward those who are rich and famous. And sometimes a lot of the rich and famous, they're not given to the needy. But Jesus says, I will reward those who do to the least of these. See, that's, that's out of the norm. The world rewards how, how much money you can hold on to. Jesus rewards how much can you give. Talk to me if you please. The world will, will give, give you popularity because how great you acted on TV. 
Jesus will give you glory. <laughs> he will give you blessings and grace. How you act every day. See, the world will give you uh, an accolade for what you did for one time. If you get one Nobel Peace Prize, you can hold on to that for the rest of your life. Look at the work I've done with my Nobel Peace Prize. But that Nobel Peace Prize is going to perish away with the world. <laughs> that work may not even matter. But if you did something for Christ, uh, if you did something towards the kingdom, that's going to last forever. See, we should be out of this world. Because our treasures should be where? In the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added on to you. See, where our treasures should be is out of this world. Tell somebody, my treasure is out of this world. We should not be of this world. We should not be of this world. But yes, we are in this world. And since we are in this world, and we're going to act out of this world... Jesus asked God to keep them from the evil one. Don't be fooled. Do not be tricked. The devil is real. He is trying to destroy you and kill you. Uh, there's a movie, I, I, I'm going to misquote it, but the movie, of course, says the greatest trick of the devil is to make people think he does not exist. If he has you think he does not exist, you're going to act a fool. Because why? There's no repercussions. There's no penalty for me to do what I want to do. That's why we sometimes got to be careful who we hang around with. Because when we hang around people who are of this world, they're going to do worldly things. And those that do worldly things do not do what the word calls them to do. The world makes it normal for you to go ahead to puff, puff, pass. The world makes it easy for you to gyp school and to hang out. The world makes it easy for you to tell your mama and your daddy that I'm grown when I'm 18. I can do what I want to do. The world makes it easy because your friends will say the same thing. But when the world smacks you in the face, you're looking for someone to love you. But yet the world can confuse us. The enemy tries to distract us. That's why Jesus is praying for them right now. I'm about to be gone, y'all. I'm about to be up out of here. So I, I don't, I'm not asking God to remove you from this world. I want you to be here, but I'm asking God to protect you. Aren't you glad when Psalm 27 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength. Of whom shall I be afraid to talk to me, if you will? Aren't you glad that we have a God that is our refuge, a strong help, and as a help in a time of trouble, a God that can protect us and surround us and cover us, that death has no victory, sin has no sting? Am I talking to somebody here this morning? Aren't you glad that you have a God that can protect you from the evil one? Like, like Pastor May was saying, that I don't have to fear the shadows, because he will lead me, hallelujah, through the shadows of death. I'm glad that God will see me all the way through. Because I am not in, I'm not of this world. I am out of this world. But since I'm in this world, he's going to protect me while I'm here. Am I talking to somebody? See, God has placed us here for a purpose. And since we're out of this world... Like it says in verse 16, they do not belong to this world anymore than I do. See, Jesus realized this is not my home. <laughs> I, I came here for a season. I, I came here for a purpose. Look at this purpose. Look at verse 17. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is true. Jesus saying, look here, I want you to sanctify them, Father. Sanctified. Now, what does it mean to be sanctified? It means to be set apart for a holy and a specific purpose. And so when you're sanctified, when you're set apart for a holy and a specific purpose, you should be doing holy things. 
That might get somebody on the way home. Jesus is saying, I have called them out, Lord. Just as you sent me, I want you to sanctify them so they will do a good work for you. And, your, and, and, and he says, how we may say that by through your word, your word is true. The, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is true. We see that in, the, in, in uh, Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Your, uh, they put on the belt of truth. We see how truth holds and binds things together. We've seen that the word is truth. God's word tells us the truth. God's word will never leave us confused. God's word will never have us in doubt what is right and what is wrong. You open up his word, it'll speak right to you. Some of us need to open up our word a little bit more because we're not listening to the truth enough. Some of us need to open up our word a little bit more and read that verse again. Yes, it hurts you. Read it till it doesn't hurt anymore. Keep on reading it until it gets you. Some of us need to read that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Some of us need to read that you should stop gossiping. Some of us need to read you need to stop stealing. Some of us need to read and stop lying, but some of us don't want to open up that word because we don't want to hear the truth. We won't be all up in the world and act like we of the world, but when we come to church, we're going to act holy, holy. It's time out. It is time out. It's time for some action. Jesus says, Lord, I, I want you to sanctify them. And, and he's saying this because he already confessed that he has given them his word. He said, I already, they already know your word, Jesus. Uh, uh, Jesus said, they already know your word, God. I have given it to them. That's why in Psalm 119 it says that your word is my hope. Your word is a light to my feet, a lamp to my path. I've hidden your word in my heart so I will not sin against you. Your word is as honey. <laughs> David says all this in Psalms 119 about the word of God. His precepts are true. It's as precious as gold. But what does this word mean to you? I'm talking about David, but let's talk about you right now. What does this word mean to you? Some of us get so caught up that we don't want to hear the word anymore. That when somebody comes to you with the word of God, you got to repeat back to them, I already know the word, so don't talk to me about the word. We become so holier than thou, we act like you can't teach me anything. You can't encourage me with the word of God. i got to encourage you as I encourage myself. No, sometimes you need to shut up. Yes, I said it. You need to shut up and let somebody talk to you. Let somebody encourage you. Let them pray for you. Sometimes we push them away. You miss out on being encouraged at the right time because you're going to act like I already know. Jesus is saying this, let your word sanctify. See, that's the part of submission, of saying that I don't know everything, but yet, Lord, your word is true. So let me listen to what your word is saying to me today. I, I, I hear this sometimes. People say, I, I heard a word, but maybe it wasn't for me. Maybe it was for somebody else. How is God's word not for you? Explain that to me. His word was not for me. It was for somebody else, so I'll tell them when I get home. His word was for you. It was made for you. His word is true. So how are you going to reject part of it and only accept some of it? It's all of it is true. We got to be like that wise, pe- that wise person that takes his word and builds it on a solid foundation. His word is true. Accept the truth. Apply it. And sometimes you might be already practicing. Make sure you reinforce it. Think about how you have to always clean up your house. Is that because you clean it up once doesn't mean it was clean for good? 
you reinforce, you back it up, you sweep some more. I, I was mad. I saw a spider in my bathroom, so I had to get some more cobweb. I, I just did it last week. They, they came back with a vengeance. You got to maintain because the enemy tries to sneak up. You think you did it once. You think you're good enough. No, you need to stay on your knees. You need to stay in the Word. You need to keep on crying out, Father, I need you every hour. Every hour, I need thee. You need to keep on keeping on. Continue staying in prayer. Talk to me, if you will. I'm so glad that God is, is available 24-7. I don't have to wait till the business hours. He's always in business. Jesus is saying, Father, keep them from the evil one. Let your word sanctify them. Let your word make them truth. And then Jesus says, Lord, as you sanctify them for a specific purpose, I am sending them out into the world just as you sent me. Now, I I love this parallel here. Jesus is saying, Lord, just as you sent me, I am sending them. Look at the parallel here. How did God send Jesus? He sent Jesus with power and purpose. Jesus now sending his disciples with power and purpose. Did you not see earlier in the gospel, if you haven't, go back and read it. He sent them out with power to heal the sick. And they made miraculous things and raised people from the dead. They came back to testify. Lord, we were able to do such great things because Jesus gave them power and a purpose. He sent them where to go. I'm so glad that that same power, I wish I had a witness right here, that same power, that same power can be in us. Because why? Jesus has all power and authority. And he said, I have all power and I thought, why? Because he, my father, God has given it to me, and I have given it to you. A lot of us are walking around so weak and so broken down in our lives, forgetting that we have power. Power. Power we haven't even tapped into. Power that we haven't even seen the full potential of. Power that we have not seen. But one day, we're going to see that power. But right now, you have just enough power. To make a change in this world. Just enough power to make a marriage stronger. Just enough power to raise a child that's about to go down the wrong road to the right road. Just enough power to have enough faith at your job to trust God to pay your bills. I know we may, some of us may have that doubt, all that stuff all on your mind. But I want you to know that God controls the world. Not the government, depending on what a bailout's going to do. God controls it. Think about it for a moment. Have you ever gone to somebody asking for some money and you thought they were going to be able to give it to you, but they let you down? But some way, somehow, you still made it. Have you ever been there before? You was hungry and starving. You was looking for some food to get and you went somewhere. They didn't give you what you wanted, but you got what you need. Am I talking to somebody here that knows that when you, when you have an idea what you think you need to order to survive, but you get just what you need? Because some of us are standing here right now because of what because somebody did for us, but because of what God has done. His word. His word tells us that he will never leave us 
nor forsake us. His word says, I've never seen a righteous forsaken, nor your seed begging for bread. His word says that God is not a man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. Will he not say and will he not do? His word says, be strong and of good courage, for I will be with you. His word says all these things. Hold on to his word. When you hold on to his word, you see the purpose he's called you to. You see the power that he has given you. We see in chapters uh, 14 and 16, Jesus tells them, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. You see, in this time and in this prayer, we see God the Father present and God the Son present. But the Holy Spirit is absent. Why? Because you already talked them all about the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, now that before you understand the, the full potential of the Holy Spirit, you need to understand the Word of God. Because the Word of God is going to consistently act sanctify you, to remind you what you ought to do. Because if you don't know the Word, how can the Holy Spirit remind you of the Word? You need to know the Word so the Holy Spirit can tell you. Doesn't the Word say love your neighbor? Doesn't the Word say love one another? Doesn't the Word say that you should not boast, but you should be forgiven? You should be humble. You should be gentle. You should be merciful. Does not the Word say Put others before yourself. That's the work of the Word and the Holy Spirit coming together. And Jesus is telling God, I am sending them out with power and purpose. No longer do you need to walk around wondering what is my purpose in life. Jesus made it clear, I have sent you out. Tell somebody, I sent you out to go. Tell them to go. To tell the world that Jesus is Lord. That's your purpose. You see, we want to we wanna be everywhere else but do the main and the simple thing. You need a little boy. So let me help you out. In Matthew, the 28th chapter, Jesus says this, go out into all the world. But when you look and you study and you want to break it down in the literal translation, it basically says as you live. As you live, while you're going. Every day, what you're doing, while you're, it's active. It's an active verb. While you are going, make disciples. So that means every day you should be taking and making an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. Every day. Not just Sunday. Not just the day before you come to Bible study. But every day, while you're going, go out into all the world. We need to make sure, if you really love Jesus. When's the last time you told somebody you loved Jesus that wasn't a Christian? We make sure everybody knows who your wives are, who your kids are. We brag about them all the time. Oh, have I showed you a picture of my kids? Here they are. But have you showed somebody Jesus? We get so caught up that we want to talk about everything else. We get a new car. Come out and see my new car. But when we have Jesus, doesn't he, doesn't he give us new grace every day? Tell somebody, come on, let me show you my new grace. <laughs> Tell him how he woke me up this morning. That's some new grace. He started me on my way. That's some new grace. <laughs> he forgave me of my sins from yesterday. That's some new grace. <laughs> Tell somebody how good he's been to you. Let them know that he is real. He is alive. He is my all and all. I wish I had a witness here. Can somebody testify that God is? 
be out of this world for his holy purpose. And look at the good part. Verse 19, New, New, New International Version says, For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. New Living Translation says, And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them, so they can be made holy by your truth. We talked about being sanctified. Jesus' life was set apart to die on the cross for our sins. Jesus' life was set apart for a holy purpose. What was that holy purpose? To die on the cross for our sins. I'm going to say it again. I want to make sure you walk out with it. Jesus' life was set apart for a holy purpose. What was that holy purpose? For you to die on the cross for my sins. Y'all could have said that with me. Jesus' life was set out for a holy purpose. What was that holy purpose? From the dying on the cross for my sins. See, Jesus knew his purpose. He knew what the Father had sent him. He was ready to give his life for his Father's business. Jesus says, you're going to come after me. Well, you need to be ready to give your life for me. But Jesus realized this, that you can't be set apart unless I set you apart. Grab that. We are sent out by him, not by anybody else. He has given us the power and the authority because it came from the Father through him. Jesus says, I am sanctifying myself so that they understand what it means to be surrendering, what it means to be humble. I, I wash their feet. I talk to them about being the true vine, the true branch. I tell them, let not their hearts be troubled. I, I let them know that I'm about to be. I told Peter, yes, you're going to deny me, but don't worry about that. Three days later, you're going to see me again. They, they won't really understand it, but I don't let them know. They finally got and said, he is the son of God. And then the time came, he prayed, and he prayed this prayer for the disciples. And then he, later on, we've seen verses 20 21, he prayed for those that come after him. So we've seen his whole prayer is inclusive of us. Jesus interceding on us, realizing that one day we're going to need some help. We're going to need some help because the evil is trying to distract us. The evil is trying to destroy us because God has called us out, the church, the called out body of believers for a specific purpose to tell somebody as we live, uh, as we go daily about Jesus, who, who, who Jesus? Jesus from Nazareth. Who Jesus? Jesus, him crucified. Jesus, who? Him resurrected. That Jesus. The who? who? Jesus, the one seated at the right hand of the Father with all power and authority. That Jesus. Don't just stop but tell the whole story. And Jesus said, I am being sanctified. And I want you to catch this. Jesus said, I am doing the act myself because no one else could do it. Ox blood, that couldn't do it. Lamb blood, that could not do it. Turtle dove blood. <laughs> that couldn't do it. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash away my sins. Jesus said, Lord, I will sanctify myself to die on the cross for them so that they will be sanctified. Aren't you glad that Jesus decided, Lord, they can't do it by themselves. I will do it for them and after me they will have all power and authority to go out into the world. I'm telling y'all, it's time for some action. You need to start praying right now and taking the action right now. You need to call on to the Lord and say, Lord, you are my strength. You are my all in all. And with you, I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Stop having some doom and gloom. Next time you watch the news, they're going to tell you how it, it dropped again. Let them know that my Lord is still resurrected. Well, sometimes you watch the news, whatever political, whoever you're voting for, and they talk about your person. You get upset. Just let them know but that my Lord <laughs> is resurrected. Because everything in this world is going to pass away. Everything in this world is not going to be here forever. But one day, in the twinkling of an eye, we all shall be changed. One day, the trumpet will sound, and we'll see Christ on a cloud. One day, this mortal body will put on immortality. One day, this, incorruption, this corruption will put on incorruption. One day, he'll wipe away the tears from our eyes. One day, there'll be no more pain and suffering. One day, I'll be able to see my father face to face. One day, I won't need the sun no longer because God will be the light and Jesus will be the lamp. One day, I'll be walking on some streets of gold. One day, I'm going to see some pearly gates. One day. I just say, holy, holy, holy <laughs> is God Almighty. One day I'll be able to say the name that's above all names, the name that we do not know. But one day we'll see the name on him. One day he'll call me by my name. One day. But why are we waiting for that one day? The time is now for you to take your action, to do your prayer. And be sent out to tell somebody, tell everybody, tell anybody about Jesus. Jesus spent his time telling that the kingdom of God is near. He spent his last hours telling his disciples to go with authority to speak God's word. We are to continue that tradition. If you love my Jesus. You will go and tell him. That's what he says. If you love him, <laughs> you will follow my commandments. And has he not commanded you to go tell others who he is? He has commanded you. So go and do it. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, right now we come to you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the power you have given us and the purpose you have given us. And, Lord, let us go out with that same power and that purpose to tell a dying world about a living Savior. And, Lord, let us be willing to stand up to the world that hates us because we love your word. And, Lord, we love your word so much we want to share your word with all that we meet. And let them know that Christ is our all in all and that we live for you and live for you alone. Father, right now, if there's someone here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray that today they fall in love with you. I pray today, Lord, that they allow your word pierce their hearts to be a lamp to their feet and a light unto their path. Lord, I pray right now they allow your word to sanctify them, set them apart for your holy purpose. Father, use us as only you can. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen.